Hello and welcome to Desi's podcast. Um, it's really good to have you joining us um, either live today on the stream or when you're listening to the podcast. And as ever, don't forget to check out the uh, website, desisportscast.com. A lot of great articles being written and I have to give a shout out to Guru Simran. He's doing a fantastic job um, uh, with the website and the articles he's loading onto there. So great reads on there. So check that out. And it'll be good to get your comments. I know he's been getting a lot of comments on the stuff he's written and it's been really good. So check the website out for more articles and the topics that we talk about. But as ever, football is back. The EPL's back. And after a break, Nevin is also back. Good afternoon, Nevin. How are you, my friend? Good afternoon. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been a very interesting week so far. Uh, we, are, we are recording this on a Sunday, so there's more exciting uh, football matches ahead of us. And how did you join, enjoy your international break? Because I know you were looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I ended up watching a lot more of matches, of course. <laughs> I mean, I might keep saying that, oh, I want to break from football, but football is life. So I ended up watching most of the matches. Uh, I thought it was very hard on footballers. I, you could literally see that they weren't really enjoying the football. There's a lot of, uh, they've had no break in the summer. There's a lot of traveling. I, I thought the whole uh, Nations League was a little unnecessary at this point, but I'm sure it is down to commercial uh, interests and you know a lot of things that can't be helped as well. So, but like I feel sorry for footballers, like like Harry Maguire, for example. I am not a big fan. But I felt sorry for him because he was just not getting a break at all. Just one after the other, he was making mistakes and people were, you know. And you could visibly see it in some of these players. Some of these players were not enjoying this, you know, not playing in front of uh, a massive crowd, not being able to spend quality time with friends and family. It's really uh, affecting the footballers, but things have to go on, I guess. It's not often I feel uh, sorry for the footballers because of um, how much they get paid and what they have to do, which all of us uh, will only do in our dreams. Well, some of us. Um, But um, yeah, in this case, I do agree with you. I think uh, because of the project restarts in the summer, they didn't have a proper off-season. So UEFA could have had a look at the Nations League and maybe downsized it or even postponed it for a year. I think it would have benefited the players. Harry Maguire, yeah, he took a lot of stick here, as you could imagine. Um, he, I mean, there was even talks of United uh, having to play him and not being able to rest him either because of uh, where United are. Uh, but um, generally, I'm in favour of the Nations League. I think, as you know, they replaced the friendlies that we used to have. And I never, ever watched any friendlies. And um, it's something that um, maybe uh, Asia needs to look at as well, have this um, more international games. I think obviously in the current mm-hmm. environment, it's not uh, possible or it could be possible behind closed doors to try and do something what they're doing here in Europe and in the States and uh, even in South America. I mean, the World Cup qualifiers went ahead. Um, is there any talk of international football returning back to uh, Asia? I mean, there are patches of it but it's I think Asian football is in a mess right now I'm probably not the right person to uh, give a full uh, like commentary on it but multiple nations having multiple problems especially with Corona also and you know how AFC works right it's it's way more layered than say uh, UEFA where it is way more easier to understand like so 
there are problems, uh, especially with India. We have no idea when we are going to play the next uh, international match. Uh, but hopefully things will pick up. I think uh, if you look at it, something like uh, the A-League exodus that is happening. A lot of good A-League players are now coming to India. So there are a lot of things happening in, in AFC. And I think... Uh, I think in the next few months we will get a, this this whole corona period and the financial implications and everything could probably reshape the power dynamics in Asia as well. So it's something to you know keep our uh, eyes uh, fixed on because this is also an opportunity for India if we play it right in terms of ISL and everything because you have a lot of good players coming in. So this could be an opportunity for our teams to do well in the AFC tournaments, probably push for a better slot. And yeah, so I think uh, Corona is probably going to cause a paradigm shift in, in Asian football. We don't know how, but there is a sense that something's happening. Well, let's hope it's uh, positive. And we'll talk about one of the big signings from the A-League as well. You, you mentioned the Exodus, and we'll talk about that less, uh, in, uh, in later in the show uh, when we uh, focus uh, on Indian football. But just... Um, uh, to start with, um, obviously, the uh, Premier League was back and I did see your tweet about um, your boys and the game. Did you actually watch it or you didn't watch it, like your tweet said? I, I, I did not watch it. I had a feeling that something was going to go wrong and I had an opportunity to meet a couple of friends and I said, like, listen, I'm going to just... It's been very hectic sitting at home and not meeting people and all. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity to go meet some friends. I did was the I did was the Merseyside Derby, and that was very exciting. And I don't know something about me felt without Mendy and Thiago Silva in the back. They are going to concede a lot of goals. And uh, I mean, you you don't need to be a, a a wizard to make this guess these days. I think if you are playing the fantasy league, you would want to put your strikers. Uh, I mean, whoever is playing Chelsea is likely to score. Like I put Danny Ings in my team, so that way <laughs> it was a win-win for you. But I was, was just thinking, I was just thinking, and you mentioned Mendy. That as soon as you saw the team sheet and uh, Kepa was playing, did that make up your mind? Because again, um, it was a yeah. well, he wasn't the only one at fault. But um, like um, a couple of things we could mention: the defense. Why? Why do managers not see that defense is so important? I know. Goals are important, but stopping goals are important as well. And two exactly. blatant mistakes again for your boys. Uh, I, I mean, again, we, we keep coming back to the goalkeeper or the centre-back or anything. But this is the structural problem for Chelsea. It can't be that every match there is an individual error. You are putting a defender in a space that is uh, making them prone to individual errors. So, it can't be that Lampard just washes his hand away saying, oh, we were unlucky, we've got another individual error causing, costing us a match. It's not the case. Why Why don't you address it then? If you feel your defence is super leaky, play two defensive midfielders for a couple of matches or, you know, find a solution to it, right? Don't ask your full-backs to go, uh, go forward a lot, maybe. I mean, that's how, it's not like you can buy 11 players all the, like every summer. And, you know, 11 players that fit your opinion. Lampard seems to be of the opinion that he needs Declan Rice. But, okay, Declan Rice didn't happen. So, now you have to come up with a solution, right? You've got Angolo Kante, who's a fantastic player. Of course, he's no longer the same Kante that was uh, at Leicester or early days in Chelsea. Still got his legs. Uh, you've got Jorginho, you've got Kovacic, all capable of at least, you know, providing some kind of a shield. 
play, I mean, innovate, right? You've seen played as a center back when Moreno was there, and as a center defensive midfielder when Moreno was playing. Find a solution. You can't just keep running away from the problem. Or you design a team that is relentless in its attack. So, just, you know, put in that many attackers and give them the freedom to go do what they want. But like you saw Pulisic being played in the right, when he's so better off playing in the left wing. You see Mount being played in different role in every match. Like you don't even know what Mount is. Mount is like a versatile player. If you want him as a forward, I mean, I have no like I have deepest respect for the player because he is doing what the manager is asking him to do. But you need to you know come up with something. It can't be just mindless running. And it's like everybody knows what to expect from Chelsea, and that's not good enough. Yeah, and it does surprise me because, like you said, they play Jorginho uh, and Kante just in front of the back four. So you'd think there'd be a bit of solidity, but I think it's uh, the fact that the confidence isn't there. And there's a mistake in Zuma. Um, there's definitely a mistake in Kepa. Um, but it sort of nullifies the investment uh, Chelsea have made up front. I mean, it was for a Chelsea fan, it must be good to see uh, Werner get into the uh, scoring uh, mode. Absolutely. And I, I don't know. So, in this case, so you, you must look at, say, Brendan Rodgers, for example. Can you then believe in your team and play, say, a 4-1-4-1 and just have one defensive midfielder in the hope that you can press the opponents in their half? Chelsea were not playing a Liverpool. They were playing a Southampton. So, if they had the intention and the desire and the training to go with it, they could have actually pressed Southampton and dominated. That's what big teams do, right? That's what a Manchester City does uh, when they go play a small team, when when they uh, when a Liverpool goes into when a Bayern, that's that's what you expect when you you put like two hundred odd uh, in a summer and you re- and all on like a- attractive young players. So it was, there's nothing Lampard can possibly complain about the summer. And I think the patience is wearing thin. Uh, people are beginning to realize that maybe Lampard is not fit for this role. Let's see. Let's hope something. Yeah, I think he did. He did have uh, his heart set on uh, Declan Rice, but uh, I think it shows the fact that he doesn't have confidence in the backboard that he's playing two CDMs. But uh, to a game that you did watch, and I watched as well, and it's not often I feel sorry. Well, I can't remember the last time I felt sorry for Liverpool. I still don't want to feel sorry for them, but still. (laughs) I know, but you you, you kind of have to. Yesterday, I thought uh, Pickford. Uh, everybody knows he should have been sent off. How he stayed on, I'll never know. And as for that bar decision, I know Liverpool have had their fair share, especially in the last season in terms of bar and the, how it went for them pretty much every single time. So it's sort of um, a little bit really of payback. Um, but I know you don't feel sorry for them, but they were unlucky yesterday. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, enmities aside, and like... Uh... It, it's it's absolutely unfair because there's nothing in that VAR to suggest that it could have been offside. Like even an armpit, uh, you know, even a sleeve or something to suggest that that was an offside. Then we could have at least, you know, said, oh, okay, unlucky or something. Here it seems like a wrong decision and that's that's really unfair. Like, I mean, I would have hated Everton to lose because Everton has been doing really well and... Uh, I, I mean, I, I would like the Mercy side to be a little more blue. I mean, blue is our favorite <laughs> color. So, uh, but just generally, I think it was very upsetting uh, for a football fan in general because 
the whole idea was to erase errors from the game or at least reduce errors from the game but vr is now adding more to the drama and it's just all over the place right now they have to come up with a solution and i think one of the best thing that they can do is actually enable the communication that is uh, happening between the uh, referees and uh, the the var so if at least the audience can hear what their thought process is that probably will help it it multiple other sports where they 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 keep telling this is what i'm thinking this is why we are giving this decision so there at least there is some sense of clarity as to why var gave that offside right now nobody knows we're just like yeah. looking at the we can't see it. yeah 100% i've been um, saying this for a while now um that uh, referees seem to be above the law that you can't they can't be questioned and uh, we've seen in cricket we've seen in um, rugby here in american sports you can hear the communication between the side uh, yeah. referees wherever they're based and the on field referees and i think that would make a huge difference to reduce the um, you know the confusion as to why some of these decisions are being made but um, I, i thought var was being improved with the referees going to the sideline to have a look themselves so they make the final decision i think that was well overdue that was missing last year and that caused a lot of controversy but then you get decisions like yesterday and you think you know um two steps forward four steps back or something of the equivalent and that was a poor poor decision for a offside but you know um everton still top um i still um their first team is like pretty much um uh nailed on and i think they'll be really good if if they have a couple of injuries i'm not sure they've got the spot but a really good start for everton but um for liverpool problems apart from the decision yesterday is the possible loss of van dyke for 6 to 8 months they're saying i know no decisions uh, no announcements have been made but they're talking about an acl injury and klopp was not very optimistic yesterday that's going to be a huge loss especially with alisson out as well for a few weeks absolutely but again do you think a lot of clubs are in a position to really uh, you know challenge them i don't see that happening in any other opponents also so i mean it is a huge loss having van dijk in that defense is is massive and we know liverpool became liverpool after the signings of alisson and van dijk till then they were a attractive side but not a complete side so these were the two key uh, ingredients that made liverpool the champions so to have to lose van dijk is like it's tragic also because they haven't really got a lot of backup in 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 that position so you've got gomez you've got uh, matip you have got fabinho also who can uh, you know jump into that role but like this was one area i remember a lot of liverpool fans saying in the summer maybe we could have invested in like maybe they could have got another center back if not for like a very expensive signing say a 20 million signing as backup now liverpool might be thinking oh god did we like stretch this a little because fabinho's presence in the center midfield is also very important against maybe a small team not so much but like against a big team he is that ultimate shield for them so and he he is the reason why the likes of uh, trent and uh, uh, robertson can bomb forward because he will provide that defensive cover so if you put him in a center back position things change a little but Uh, I still feel Liverpool has got enough ammunition to see them through this battle because I'm not really convinced by other teams. All of them look very patchy. You saw what Chelsea did last night. Manchester United struggled for most parts, and then they just like broke free. And yeah, I think it is like I said, it's it's tragic and it's 
it's unfortunate for Liverpool as well, but I think they will be able to see this through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can remark a lot of players, but um, Van Dijk is one one of those players you can't replace. Yeah. I think uh, there was also some injury concerns um, with Thiago. I think that was a. I'm glad that was at least the red carded. Um, 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 Rich Alton was red carded for that tackle. That was. Uh, oh, sure. That was nasty as well. Yeah, hopefully Thiago uh, will be fine, but I think there's some doubts around him as well. Uh, but uh, again, it will be a case of uh, relying on the top three and hopefully they'll, well, for Liverpool anyway, they'll um, keep scoring to nullify any issues they might have at the back. But um, you talk about the two Manchester clubs. I mean, Man City, I mean, they. I, I, look, I, I watched part of the game and they look good, but again, not a real threat, of, uh, you know, in scoring. They had a couple of chances. Uh, Man United, Oli seems to do this. He has a couple of bad results and he has one more just to keep him going. Um, what did you make of those two results? I was uh, very happy with the happy in the sense I thought City's performance was very complete. They didn't look uh, uh, at any point. I mean, I, di- I didn't think Arsenal threatened them so much. And it also has to do with Arsenal's setup, which is meant to like sit down and def- like sit back and defend and really rely on Aubameyang to you know score, uh, get them the goals. It really didn't work out yet well yesterday for them. But City were like complete. Uh, where they they look more assured in the in the defensive uh, scheme of things as well. But you know something with City is that they will attack, attack, attack. But it's like they've forgotten the art of scoring goals. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just go around the penalty box and then they don't know what to do. It's just some half-hearted yeah. attack or they just want to pass. Uh, it reminds me of a couple of seasons under for Arsene. Yes. So that is an area of concern. I think Aguero coming back will be, you know, he'll be addressing that a little. But uh, yeah, it, I think City will need to start scoring as well. Maybe Kevin De Bruyne returning from injury also will be the if if Aguero and KDB are playing, then it will probably be a more complete side. With United again, I've been. Saying this out loud for a long time, I think Juan Mata is a very good player, and Agreed. especially runners like uh, uh, Rashford, putting midfield with somebody like Bruno in there. I think this he's got so much more to offer. People, I've sort of written him off, and so seeing Mata doing Mata Mata things were, you know, that was a very happy moment for me as a Chelsea fan. <laughs> I mean, I I'm a big fan of the player as well. Uh, but like again, I thought the game changed when Van der Beek entered. A lot of people like are not in favor of playing all three together. But I think Van der Beek, Bruno Fernandes, and Paul Pogba should be starting every match for Manchester United. They provide the you know the strength that is required in in that team. They, they provide that steel. So even if you look at the second goal. It was started by Van der Beek, uh, you know, winning a challenge and then starting off a move, which again Mata passed into Rashford. Rashford assisted uh, Bruno, and it was a very good goal. So, I think for the future, maybe uh, United can forget the trio of Greenwood, Marshall, and Rashford, and probably bench Greenwood or bench Martinez and Rashford and Martial for. A midfielder and ideally want to be. I think that will change things for United. 
Yeah, I'm not sure they'll bench Rashford and uh, Greenwood is uh, obviously being a young English player is rated very, very highly and thought of very highly. But I take your point in terms of Pogba and the uh, midfield with matter and um, uh, Fernandez. Uh, that, that on paper, at least, it looks a pretty formidable midfield. Um, I was hoping you would take a break because uh, the big game of the weekend is obviously going to be very late for you. Uh, it's going to be well past midnight uh, or is it close to midnight because... Uh, uh, the mighty Leicester City are playing at Villa, uh, well, against Villa at King Power Stadium here. Um, what are the chances of you staying up to watch the biggest game of the weekend? Probably, say, 80-90% because I'm usually awake at that point and if there's football, I watch it, so... Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. I mean, we usually have, um, well, we have got a big rivalry against uh, Villa and obviously they're coming back on the uh, back of that uh, incredible win against Liverpool, but uh, we've got a few injuries as well. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, because I heard uh, Wadi is not starting. I'll be surprised if he's starting. Uh, he's got an issue, um, but um, yeah, if he's if he's not fit, um, uh, but even a half fit Wadi just just being in the team makes a big difference. But there's talk of um, I don't know if you remember him. We bought uh, Islam Slamani a few years ago. Um, he's still there. He's he was supposed to go out on loan again because that's where he spent most of last year. Um, but um, he's he, he couldn't find a deal, so he's in the squad uh, for wow. the Premier League. So I think there's a chance of um, him being on the bench. Uh, but I, I, I liked him. I think he's a good option to have. He was a good, yeah, he was a good option. To have. He, he offered something else for Amadi, more physique. And yeah, good... yeah, we don't score many with headers, but he was one uh, yeah. uh, who you could um, rely on if the ball was put up. It's not the target football that Brendan or... Um, previous managers wanted to play with the big guy up front, but um, I, 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 I was half spot for Islam Somani. I've, I've, I've seen him score some uh, really crucial goals for Leicester, and um, I think there was a bit of a falling out as well, naturally. Uh, but um, hopefully, fences have been mended and um, he can come back and do a job for us because if Vardy is not playing, that's a big loss. But um, yeah, we've got issues around the defense as well, but um. We'll see how we get on. Um, it's one of those games that um, in the morning um, I'll take a point, uh, but uh, you know you always hope for three points. You never know which Leicester is going to turn up. Um, but now moving to uh, football back home and the huge news, and it's all been about East Bengal. And uh, you mentioned it at the start, the exodus of um, uh, staff from the A League, and one of the big ones was of course Robbie Fowler. Uh, he left. Um, he was on a two-year contract with Brisbane, I think his team was, and uh, because of Corona and everything stopped, he didn't want to be away from his family, so he came back. And uh, that was a very left field. I was, I don't know, was there, was there speculation, I don't know, in India about such yeah. a big name being? Um... There was, actually. I mean, I, I didn't take it seriously. East Bengal would look for a project than a big name. Uh, you know, somebody who's known for his coaching abilities, quote unquote, uh, than say a, a, a marquee figure. But East Bengal are intent on going big this summer. They want a name that can, you know, bring them the eyeballs. And I think Robbie Fowler fits the bill that way. And so hopefully he'll bring, I don't know what football he plays, let's be very honest. I, in my head, I'm expecting the same David James's football or like Steve Coppins football, what most English. Coaches have brought to India. I'm expecting the same from 
Fowler as well. But I hope it's more exciting because I was pleasantly surprised with what uh, Owen Coyle did. So you don't have to be so radically different from the English way of things to make it really attracting. So hopefully uh, he'll bring a bring good football to East Bengal because it's you know that city deserves it. The team deserves it. It's been a while since they've had some you know good fun. Because I think the last few I League seasons have all been disappointing. They've had sparks, but not really achieved what they were supposed to. So maybe uh, maybe Fowler can be the messiah. Well, <laughs> it'll be inc incredible if he does, because what I'm thinking of is that I, I know I read somewhere that he's done his due diligence and he was, he mentioned uh, ATK Mohan Bagan and the rivalry that they have. But that, that, that's a very tough job. I know the expectations of East Bengal fans will be that, um, you know, they can do whatever they like in the league, but they've got to be ATK Mohan Bagan. But um, in terms of coming into the Indian league, uh, from the A-League. I know he managed in Thailand, so the bit of similarities in terms of uh, being in Asia and what have you, but it's not going to be an easy job for him. I know he's got an Indian coach there uh, supporting him and he's doing the recruitment at the moment because I think Rob Robbie is probably still here. Uh, but that is a very tough gig and um, I, I, I don't know, I'm going to hold judgment on Robbie Fowler. I, I know I did that with Owen Coyle as well. He surprised me, but uh, what do you think the expectations are with the fans? Are they just being falsely increased by these big marquee signings without we, we don't know what the squad's going to look like yet yeah i think it is uh, probably not uh, i mean if i were the owners i probably would not approach the same way but mm -hmm. then Bengal has always been a big club they, they they don't want to enter the isl as a small club just making a presence they want to make they, they want to make a lot of noise and they want to make you know tell their fans that we we are serious about it. So you probably not want to get like a Spanish coach, you know, coach in the second division. See, before Lobera came to India, nobody really knew Lobera, right? So nobody thought this is going to be a very exciting sign uh, as a coach. So I, so this way, Fowler comes with pedigrees, renowned, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, strikers, played for Liverpool. We've all seen him on TV. So. I think that brings a lot of expectations. So this is essentially a marquee signing for East Bengal. I don't know how much that is going to impact the football, but I mean they clearly see something there. And also, to you know, be fair to Fowler, I think they he's got at least some experience, some Asian experience. So he will also probably come knowing at least what to expect. I'm I'll be sure he'll be surprised once he sees the reaction he gets in Kolkata because people are mad about football there. So, he will be surprised, but again, I think he will have a fair idea of what to expect and hopefully he can bring something uh, new and unique to Indian football, though I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, and it reminds me, I mean, I, was, I don't know why it came, it sort of reminds me of uh, East Bengal, the equivalent to here would be Newcastle, huge fan base, although Newcastle is a one-club city, but um, Huge fan base, but uh, not done very much in uh, recent history. Uh, but uh, they're always uh, incredibly passionate, no matter where they are. And uh, I love going to Newcastle to watch games and uh, really friendly people and really friendly city as well. Uh, but East Bengal, I mean, the fans there, they've, they've not had much success. And um, they're coming into the really big league. Uh, because like you said, even in the I-League, all right, they had Mohanbagan and the likes there, Minerva and well, Punjab FC and what have you, but they still couldn't actually win the I-League. So 
Um, what do you think it's like being an East Bengal fan? Are they a realist or are they uh, dreaming at the moment? Because I've seen some clips where quite a few are dreaming that uh, they're going to make a big impact in their first season in the ISL. Are you telling me a football fan can be anything other than a dreamer? I think we are all dreamers. We are all dreaming for the best. So, I think uh, I think East Bengal fans especially, they are going to be dreamers. They are going to think that this is going to be their year. Because that's how we all approach Regardless of what we talk about pod, in on a podcast, we I mean secretly think this is going to be our year, right? So, uh, so I think obviously I think football fans will be expecting. I think it's Bengal. I have to make a slight correction, or like I don't think they are Newcastle because they've not really done poor. They've not really faced relegation or battle at the second half of the table. They just never won, and like in. Considering their pedigree and considering how big their budget is compared to other I-League teams and how big their fan base and everything, you are expected to win or at least challenge till the last day. They've not done that. So, hence, I think, so it's not like East Bengal has ever been a very bad team and they were facing relegation or even battling in the lower. It's just that they never won and it's, it's, it's a lot because it's not like all the seasons they've played badly, but then when your rivals keep winning, then there's going to be a lot of, you know, mocking, a lot of trolling and everything. So, that's really worked against them. The fact that uh, Mohan Bagan has been a very successful side will really work against them. Even last year, they went ahead and won league. And now they've signed or like they've joined with the ISL winners also. So, they are obviously the bigger team in Kolkata. And so, East Bengal will be really keen to change that uh, dynamic. Yeah, and it's a real shame that there's not going to be any supporters and it's going to be behind closed doors because that would have a big huge uh, viewership, uh, just that one game, and it would have done what amazing. A, like, what is what a uh, season of football for uh, Kolkata also. The fact that Mohammedan is also now back in the I-League. So, you're talking about the complete, uh, the, the big trio of uh, Indian football is now going to make a presence again. So, yeah, interesting time. I'm glad, uh, and it wasn't planned, but I'm glad you mentioned Mon, uh, Mohammed uh, Sporting uh, because the I League qualifiers are still going on because um, I think there's uh, one more round of games or something. But they've qualified um, to the I League, and um, another club just like East Bengal with a rich history um, and uh, big fan following as well. I don't think it's at the level of, um, I'm, I might be called out on this, at the level of Mohan Bagan ATK or ATK Mohan Bagan and East Bengal, but still a big club um, for Kolkata and uh, good to have them back in the I-League. Yeah, absolutely. And their dip has happened in the last 20 odd years. And otherwise, they were as big as Mohan Bagan and uh, East Bengal. I think the last 20, 30 years sort of taken a dip. And uh, again, bad management. All too familiar for, I'm sure, like for English football fans who've seen all the ups and downs. But there seems to be some hope, if despite uh, during the I League qualifiers, with the coach being sacked midway, a lot of accusations of fixing. Uh, I mean, you talk to the person, some, I mean, <laughs> being accused or alleged to be responsible for the drama as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Indian football. I'm sure you've been, like, you've had like your good one season with the football to know what to expect. Well, uh, um, yeah, I did speak to, um, well, let's name him, we can't hide it, Mr. Bajaj, and um, it was a very interesting conversation. I have to say that um, he came across as um, 
different time. I, I did say, you know, that uh, he's got that reputation, but uh, in terms of um, outwardly, what he was saying about what football he thinks India should, where India should be and how football should be developing, I couldn't disagree with a lot of his points, if any. And then the next day, I saw the um, lawsuits being uh, tweeted about that uh, he was um, uh, somehow involved in um, that Marvin Sporting Hotel and uh, speaking to players. And uh, again, I don't know if controversy follows uh, Mr. Bajaj and he's an easy target. Obviously, I don't know him as well as uh, some people in India uh, who've uh, worked with him and worked under him and what have you but uh, it seems to follow him and but I thought but I, uh, I mean honestly in this case I feel he is not responsible you can't blame somebody for being in that hotel and I don't know the whole what I hear from my sources in Calcutta and like the journalist circles is that in this particular story I don't think Mr. Bajaj is involved in any way and it's just a lot of internal issues being just uh, blown out of proportion yeah and it's, an, it's not a good sign from Hamid Sporting well, I mean, to sack the coach. Um, so uh, having done so well on a pretext that wasn't uh, justified, it uh, doesn't sh uh, shine a good light on them. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was an interesting conversation with Mr. Bajaj and um, hopefully we'll um, have a few more. Uh, he's got a lot to say. Uh, but um, yeah, um, what did he think? I mean, you've heard everything about what he's been saying in the past few years. Is he an easy target? Or does he make himself out to be a big target and so easy to hit? It's a mix of both, right? So sometimes you have to understand the system and play with it. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to say anything controversially, but... but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say it. I mean, in terms of uh, my uh, look uh, from the outside, it just seems that... Um, uh, obviously, there's a lot of politics, a lot of big names there that uh, if an outsider or somebody says anything uh, against the uh, authorities there, you know, they do hold a grudge and they will go to any lengths uh, to um, uh, enforce that grudge, as it were. And um, I think uh, we had a little bit of a glimpse of that here in the um, big picture project that was uh, muted by Man United and Liverpool this week. And I'm so glad that that was um, uh, voted down. Because it's uh, trying to get um, uh, power in a small group. Um, and the small group, is it doesn't make sense how they came up with, well, they, they said it's because they, they were in the Premier League the longest time, so they'd be long-term shareholders. But um, I think the good of the game sometimes, and especially in some parts of the world, is uh, secondary to personal ambition. And um, it's not easy to call out people who've got a lot of power um, I think um, it's a, it takes a brave person and uh, somebody with a very thick skin, uh, obviously a bit of money that they can override any issues that comes their way. Um, and with that, I think um, it, it, you know, fair play to, uh, because a lot of things he does call out uh, do come true in, in the sense, you know, I agreed with the fact that how can, it, how can um, uh, a federation not own the rights of the ISL. How can you have it in the hands of a private company? Um, I think that means, that's a very valid point. Um, I think um, we agree for Indian football to develop. You need a lot more Indian players playing, so you need more clubs. So I get that as well. You're limiting. I mean, we've got a billion people. We keep hearing, but we can't get 11 good players, but we don't have the number of players playing in the top league to get a good selection for the coach. So the coach is already starting with one hand tied behind his back. 
So I can see a lot of good points, and I think it's it's, it's going in the right way, but it's just taking a long time. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I think he's done. I mean, he's the one who, especially when the I League versus ISL, uh, you know, controversy was happening. Starsport decided to you know cancel broadcast. All that was ridiculous. And the thing is, in India, we just let it be. We're just so used to you know seeing all this outrageous things happening in Indian football. So we would have just kept silent. But it took Minerva and it took uh, Mustafa Jaz to you know come out and you know actually openly declare war against ISN. And it's it's benefited now. They've come up with a roadmap, and there is a you know there is a promotion relegation coming in the future. So at least some. I mean, there is definitely. I think nobody is accusing him of not doing things or you know or saying the wrong things it's about you know you also ensuring that the controversies within your teams and everything is also addressed so mm, yeah 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 that's has true. also been alleged of a lot of things for which he doesn't reply yeah. for which his obvious response is it's my it's a campaign against us so it's like it's a campaign against me you have to come clean yourself before calling out somebody else right yeah, so, no, that, that's that's true. You can't throw stones if you live in a glass house. That's absolutely true. Yes. Uh, but um, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in either the I League or even um, looking for promotion. Yeah, you uh, can't you can't keep him out of Indian football. <laughs> he, he he shared his plans, and I think um, we did talk about his his plans. But because I I said you know why why did he sell uh, uh, Minerva? And he gave a valid point. You know that. Uh, he took it as far as he could and with the finances in the I-League at the moment. So he's got this new project with Delhi FC, uh, which sounds really exciting. As you know, we spoke to those boys uh, in the summer when we were talking about when they were dynamos. But um, he's got the plans of taking uh, that club into the I-League um, once um, promotion and relegation starts with the ISL in that uh, football plan. So um, I'm sure we've not heard the last of Mr. Bajaj and... Um, of I'm course, sure we'll yeah. be speaking to him more. And, and we, um, I mean, let's be very honest. Uh, whether you and I like him or not, we need such characters in Indian football. It can't be just, you know, one, one boss for all, and you know, they just giving us PR notices and we just following it. We, I mean, it doesn't work that way. Football's a democratic game. Just like the big picture was, you know, kicked out. We need multiple voices. So, and at the end of the day, just like we discussed earlier, that football is and it's about hope so it, it is important that if I am starting a team today in Kochi that I have a path in front of me that I can dream about having an ISL club in say 10 years if you don't offer me that path if you don't you know if you say no you can only grow till the I League or the second division then I'm no longer interested in the project so you should give me the space to at least dream right so I think that way I think Mr. Bajaj has come out and you know been the voice for the dreamers that way yeah, absolutely. And you need a dream. And like I said, I'm glad the uh, project Big Picture was uh, voted down here uh, because um, um, I think it was my club and I'm wearing the um, uh, the badge to prove that we did win the title if, uh, if anybody wants any further proof. But um, I think that upset the big six here uh, that a small club like Leicester can win the Premier League. And they don't, they're trying to do everything they can to ensure that uh, that doesn't happen again, whether it's Leicester or another club like uh, Wolves or even Leeds to that extent. And uh, same with the Champions League. And you see all these stories of, uh, you know, the, they've been running uh, through for the past few years of creating a Super League in Europe. And it's all about the big clubs looking after themselves and not wanting the smaller ones to dream. 
Um, I saw a documentary here about uh, Barry FC uh, that uh, folded in the summer because the owner was so bad. He bought the club for one pound. Obviously, they had a lot of debts, but that he couldn't fulfill uh, the uh, his part of paying the players and the coaching staff. And uh, the Premier League could have bailed that club out, but they chose not to, um, and which is a big shame because a club in England, and I'm sure it's the same in India, but um, it plays a huge part in the community. My life would not be the same if I didn't have Leicester City, and I'm sure the same were for Berry fans as well. Um, so sometimes football is um, it's a, it's about the big players, but we need the big character to speak up on behalf of the smaller play, uh, smaller clubs and the fans, more importantly. Um, but um, now uh, we did a preview of your own team, uh, the Blasters, in the previous show, uh, as we look forward to the uh, Indian Super League. I want to turn our attention to my league and my my team, uh, Orisha. And uh, before I take your views on the sign and a huge number of signings this year, I just want to say that I did not know that um, uh, Mr. Sharma was a Gujarati. Did you know that? I think I did. I mean, I mean, coming from Kerala, there's a region and surnames and something not that I understand very easily, but. I think I've heard somewhere. I, I mean, I think I did know. I wish I knew that when we interviewed him because this week I saw a tweet about um, I think his father, uh, where his father was born, or where the family is from, Bhavnagar, um, which is close to where I come, where my family comes from in terms of India, closest, you know, five hundred kilometers or something. So it's not too far, but it's in Gujarat. So I would have asked him why he didn't take the club to Gujarat <laughs> and. Uh, for a uh, top level football to Gujarat, but that's for another conversation, and I'll hold that thought. And if he's listening, it'll be good to hear your thoughts. Maybe it's because the state government didn't give him the incredible support Orisha government has, obviously. But turning to um, uh, Orisha FC and looking ahead, and we've spoken about the signings and the really, really good signings they've made in young players. I've been really happy with the manager. I think as uh, Baxter can do. Um, well, he's had time. He was put in place early. So it won't be like Robbie Fowler coming at the last minute. And I was thinking about this the other day, and it feels a little bit like, uh, as you know, we do an IPL show. And uh, the way I was feeling about the Delhi Capitals last year, where they had a really good core of Indian, young Indian talent, that you could see if they stick together and build on that core, they will do well. And look what they're doing this in this tournament this year in the IPL. And I have the same sort of feelings about... Um, Orisha and uh, the way they were building last year a young Indian team and they've just reinforced that. Correct, yeah. And they've, they've made some good good foreign signings as well. They've, you know, added depth to, I think, all the position. I think we've talked to Rowan about this as well. Uh, I think they have a distinct, clear plan as to how to, you know, progress with the football team. This is not a, this is not a one-year plan. They have a clean goal. They probably even sell I mean, they probably even see the idea of. So they've got like a, they they're developing a system there at Odisha, which I mean, it's very hard to not like. And also, Odisha itself has been a big, you know, an incubator for sports. So like a, uh, you know, a big space for sports to really flourish in terms of hockey, in terms of every sport. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a it's a good franchisee, and it's. Uh, They've got a good vision, and hopefully, you know, they are there as an outside favorite for a playoff spot uh, this season. And I'm sure the management would would not want anything else. So it's a good team to support if you're like 
really keen uh, on young Indian talents. Yeah, and we uh, both of us are, and um, I'm so glad that you know uh, this is my team and the way that they're building, and they've got a couple of Brazilians up. I, I just, I just wanted to remind, like, I can't believe we've been doing this for one year, because we were talking about previews last season, last year as well. It's just times, time flies, I suppose. I remember one of the earlier episodes we were discussing this, and that's how you know we talked about Odisha, and here we are. We've, we've talked to the owner as well multiple times. It's just. It's been a very fast-moving year, despite all that's been going going wrong in 2020. It, it, it's funny that you should say that. And yeah, it, it 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 did cross my mind that uh, it's pretty much this time last year I was looking for a club, and um, you you uh, suggested I support um, Orisha, I think, and you you gave a good background in terms of the team and how. There were a lot of young Indian players, and that was the attraction for me. And this was well before we spoke to Mr. Sharma and what he was, uh, yeah. um, and um, he just reinforced the uh, uh, the links as well. And then I spoke to obviously uh, the supporters club, and they were a brilliant bunch as well. Really good to speak to them. Really passionate and incredible what they're doing and the lengths they go to support uh, their club. Uh, but again, that happened with Kerala as well. People from all over the state come to watch the, the Blasters. So, uh, that's not unique to Orisha. But uh, yeah, uh, they always say, you know, time flies when you're having fun. And um, although the season petted off slightly, but it was a good uh, ending to the season and uh, we came close. But personally speaking, I'm going to put some pressure on Mr. Sharma and Mr. Baxter in the sense that um, I think if we don't get, don't get into the playoffs, it will be slightly disappointing. Um, I know it's a, still a young club and there's some very, very big boys this year, as you know. Um, so, but I think it's realistic to expect uh, a top floor uh, place. Uh, do you think it's unrealistic? You know, it's like a seasoned uh, Indian football star by now. Uh, we've got Onwu coming back. Onwu was phenomenal last season. Um, you have Steven Taylor who's been signed as a centre-back. He's He brings up like a lot of I mean, experience and desire and everything uh, into that uh, centre-back position as well. So they've, they've strengthened really well. I think a lot of Indian players as well. Uh, uh, I mean, I think Kamaljeet has been signed as a backup keeper or maybe he's going to be the first choice keeper. So you have Toyba Singh. I mean, that's a player that I've really been following since he's you know, been playing for the India under-16 teams. So, Toyba Singh, in, uh, you know, is going to give, uh, I mean, give a tough time to Vineet Rai. I'm expecting that. Like, I don't think Vineet is going to have it so easy in their team. Uh, and similarly, with all positions, I think nobody, even Nanda, even Jerry, will know that, you know, their positions are in danger. Because, you know, last year, under Gombao, we knew the system that Odisha was going to play. They want to play a 4-3-3 sort of a thing, or like a 4-2-3-1. Uh, there will be two white players, but like, how do you play Onwu and Marcelino in the same team? And that's that's the challenge, right? So uh, they have, they, they I mean, I think uh, Rohan has been saying this on Twitter as well about how they don't want to be a one-system team and they want to adapt and have like multiple strategies. So that's the that's the plan. So I think it's going to be a very interesting team this season, and a lot of. More, a lot more Indians are also going to get a chance because each system requires a certain set of skill set, right? So one one set probably, you know, one system probably favors a Jerry and another, uh, and another system perhaps a, a Sam, a Samuel or like a Toyba. All 
us. Like I was so excited when Samuel was signed last season by Kerala Blasters. I thought he was a phenomenal talent, but he never got the opportunities. Now I think he's gone to a team that believes in young Indians. So if he performs well in the training, he's going to get the chance. So very very interesting time. I think Henry has been signed as a backup for or like a competition for Saurabh. Uh, just lot of lot of things happening. Uh, I, I think very exciting prospect. I think like. Uh, in odisha you can see a lot of young players in a lot of different position which means as a as a football fan as an indian football fan this is not look forward 100% and um, i don't know if you mentioned it i missed it if you did but uh, even mr sharma is backing the coach who got the um uh, alexander cole um from south africa midfielder that the coach really wanted so he's backing the coach as well yeah. so it's really really exciting really looking forward to uh, the isl even more with this team um, but um, we said that the year has flown by, but as ever, time has flown by today as well. And um, as always, we've got through a lot, talked through a lot of issues um, in Indian football and uh, what's happening here in Europe. Um, you didn't take advantage of the international break. I'm, I think the next one's in a few weeks' time, so you might get another chance. Uh, but till then, a lot of football, including a huge game tonight. Don't forget uh, Leicester City at home to Aston Villa. So make sure you all look uh, watch that game. It's a very interesting game for me because I've got like Vardy and uh, Martinez in my FPL series. So I'm like, uh, if if it's a, I mean I don't know either either Vardy goes and scores a hat trick, but it's <laughs> it's unlikely to play. If otherwise, then I don't mind a nil nil draw, despite the the idea of. Uh, you know, a boring 0-0 match. I think uh, a Martinez clean sheet would be quite nice for me because I've had a horrible time with FPL this this week. I had Jota in my team. I had ZH. I put like a lot of thought into getting differentials, but none of them played. So it's, it's been a tragic week for me. Oh, well, I'm joining in that club because uh, till date, I've only got 16 points. Uh, the average is 28. The highest is 104. Um, I had a good start. Yeah. First three weeks were really good. But then game week four was really bad for me. Game week five so far. And like you said, I need Vardy to play. Um, I'll be just happy if he yeah. plays because that'll be two points. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if he scores, that'll be a bonus. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not doing um, too well this week. Um, but um not too bad in uh, in the league. I think I'm about two, just under three thousand, like two thousand nine hundred and ninety-one, which isn't too bad okay. uh, out of a million. So that's not too bad. So uh, yeah. um, we'll we'll see how that fantasy league goes. But uh, Nevin, uh, as always, fantastic to speak to you, my friend. Um, wish you uh, safe and uh, enjoyable coming week. And uh, is the weather cooling down now? I didn't even ask you about the weather. Is it getting oh, the last better? week? It was all rain, like it was, it was raining all the time. And so, uh, today it's been sunny and bright again, but like that's that's Kerala for you, it doesn't get really cold or anything. It's just probably dips by like three degrees or four degrees. Fortunately, so, cold is the only thing we've got to look forward to here in terms of the weather for the next uh, six months. It's all downhill. Um, even when I wake up now, it's dark, uh, and you can start it's not depressing, it's the wrong word for it, but uh. Yeah, yeah, the weather does make a difference in terms of, yeah, yeah. It, it's not good. Anyway, but at least the football's uh, keeping us going. So fantastic uh, speaking to you. And uh, we'll catch up again next week because I'm sure there will be a lot more happening in football this week and uh, over the next weekend. Take care, my friend. You too, you too. Have fun.
Brilliant. That was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. A lot of free talking. Yeah, and um, yeah, sorry to put you on the spot about Mr. Bajaj, uh, but uh, it's one of those. Yeah, it's okay. I, I mean, everybody knows my stance on foundation, so it's nothing new. <laughs> How's work? Busy? Yeah, it's been a hectic day, actually. A lot of people not at office, so. All right. Still working but, today. But you're still working for the, um, uh, is it Asiaville, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll let you go uh, unless you've got anything else for me. Yeah, all's good. Brilliant. All right, keep good in touch. Tonight. Well, hopefully. I've worn a different shirt. The last one didn't make any difference when we lost to West Ham. So I thought I'd bring the <laughs> champions right. one out, so we'll see. Yes. All right, Nevin. Take care, my all friend. All right, bye. Bye.